Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Summer podcast. This is episode 28. Today I will be talking about the murder of Shanti Cooper. This is another case where it will be a little bit shorter because it has not gone to trial yet. My sources for today's episode are the 48 Hours episode Home Renovation Homicide, CBS News, The Cinemaholic, People.com, and Medium.com in an article called His Life Was Lie of Gay Encounters and Made of Fortunes. All sources will be linked in today's show notes. Shanti Cooper Tronis and her husband Dave met on Match.com. Shanti had previously been married to a man named Jim Cooper, and they had a son named Jackson. When Shanti and Dave started talking, he lived in Minneapolis and was also divorced. They became very smitten with each other, and Dave moved to Orlando to be with Shanti. It seemed that Dave's lies started right off the bat. He told Shanti he was a rich man and that he had inherited between 4 to $6 million from his dad. Shanti's close family and friends didn't like Dave at first, but they decided to give him a chance because she was happy. Dave's realtor also didn't like him. In April 2015, Shanti and Dave found a new home at 218 East Copeland Drive in Delaney Park a nice area just a mile from downtown Orlando. They were very happy with the house, but wanted to do a lot of renovations, with Shanti paying for everything. Shanti was a very successful businesswoman who worked from home. By 2018, the home was unlivable. Shanti worked and slept in a small apartment above the garage, while Dave slept in the actual garage with the family dogs. Dave overlooked the construction of the house and was very desperate to get the house done. He reached out to a man named Keith Ory, a local contractor who had a reality TV show called Zombie House Flipping, which I've never heard of. But anyways, Dave and Shanti agreed to film for the show. Keith said he was very shocked by the state of the renovation and that Dave and Shanti couldn't even agree to be in the same room for filming. Keith said it felt like Shanti was mad at Dave, and it turns out he was right. Shanti was trying to get her name on the trust to the house, but Dave never followed through. He later said that she just dropped it. Just a few weeks later, on April 24th, 2018, Dave called 911. He said, quote, my wife, I found my wife. She's not breathing. I tried to do CPR, and I can't get her to breathe, end quote. When the police arrived, they asked Dave to go down to the police headquarters. He agreed and was questioned for 14 hours straight without a lawyer present. He was questioned by Detective Teresa Sprague and Detective Barb Sharp. They appeared sympathetic and asked Dave to tell them what had happened. Dave told the police that he took the dogs to the park and came home and found Shanti floating in the bathtub, still wearing her pajamas. Dave said he tried giving her CPR but knew she was dead before the first responders arrived. Meanwhile, at the Tronis home, the police didn't think Shanti just drowned. Shanti had a bloody cheek and eye, the floor wasn't wet, and the bathtub was also empty. There was also some blood found on the bed, but Dave said it was from Shanti's menstrual cycle. Shanti's autopsy results ended up being another blow to Dave's story. It was determined that Shanti died from blunt blunt force trauma and strangulation. Back at the police station, Dave was searched and the detectives changed their tactic. They confronted Dave about Shanti's injuries. He had no explanation for them. The police suggested that one of them probably had an affair or they were stressed about the renovations. Dave said no. Financially, how are you guys feeling? Was it her business that was keeping you afloat? Um, I... I bought the house with cash that I had. We don't have a note. And I've used mostly my cash that I had saved. Um, 
The detectives also told Dave that he was fake crying and showing no real emotion to them. They said, quote, you fake cried for about seven or eight hours today. Not one tear came out of your eyes. Not one, end quote. The police asked Dave to take a polygraph and he agreed. However, by this point, it was the middle of the night and no one was there to administer it. Dave told the police that he believed that Shanti could have been killed because of a robbery and that her diamond engagement ring had been stolen. This theory was looked into, but there was no forced entry and there was there were other valuables that were not taken. Shanti's family believed that Dave was innocent at first. However, there was a lot of information that was going to come out that didn't look too good for Dave. An employee from Club Orlando told the police that Dave frequented the club. Club Orlando is a same-sex bathhouse. The police looked into this and they found evidence that he renewed his membership every six months. This employee said he saw Dave and another man together on one occasion. The police believed that Shanti was killed by Dave while she was on their bed. There was evidence that she was taking off her jewelry and could have could have been attacked from behind. Her watch and one of her earrings was found on the nightstand and there was blood on the bed. Dave said that it was just from Shanti's menstrual cycle, but the police didn't believe it. The police also looked into other suspects, including Shanti's ex-husband, Jim. They had gone through a bad divorce, but he was eliminated because he had an alibi. On August 29, 2018, Dave was arrested for first-degree murder. In his mom's home, where he had been living, the police found the missing engagement ring in his possessions. A lawyer named Robert Mandel came forward that a private investigator had found a set of bloody sheets and a green cord in the house when they searched it. Tests were conducted on the green cord, but the cord didn't have any DNA on it. The investigators believed it was a possible murder weapon and that Dave could have cleaned it since it wasn't found until later. There was another tip that came into the police during the investigation in November 2018. The tip led them to Minnesota and to Dave's ex-wife, Carol. Carol's friends believed that Dave had been poisoning her while they were married. Carol had several health issues that she didn't seem to have until they got married. The police also looked into whether or not Dave was poisoning Shanti, but they never found any concrete proof of it. When the police looked into Carol, they discovered that she and Dave still had a joint bank account, and Carol said that she forgot what that her name was even still on it. Carol also told the police that Dave didn't poison her because she had health issues even after they got divorced. While Dave was in jail, he met a man named Edward Gizamondi. Edward was interviewed in this 48 Hours episode for a hot minute and said that Dave had confessed to killing Shanti because she found messages on an app on his phone from other men. No one believed Edward. He was a registered sex offender, and the police never found this app on Dave's phone. Dave is currently awaiting trial and maintains he didn't kill Shanti. Dave's former defense attorneys are being looked into for tampering with evidence, but they both said they didn't do anything wrong. Shanti's family now believes that Dave killed her. Hopefully, once this does go to trial, Shanti receives the justice she deserves. I can't see why anyone else would want to kill her because they exhausted all other leads. Everything leads to Dave. I'll be definitely looking for further updates in this case and report on them as they come out. My book recommendation for this week is You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott. Summary. Katie and Eric Knox have dedicated their lives to their 15-year-old daughter, Devin, a gymnastics prodigy, an Olympic hopeful. 
but when a violent death rocks their close-knit gymnastics community just weeks before an all-important competition, everything the Knoxes have worked so hard for feels suddenly at risk. As rumors swirl among the other parents, revealing hidden plots and alliances, Katie tries frantically to hold her family together while also finding herself drawn irresistibly to the crime itself and the dark corners it threatens to illuminate. I read this book a few years ago, but decided to read it again. I loved it even more the second time, and Megan Abbott is an amazing author. This book really describes what the world of gymnastics is like, as well as the life of a teenage girl. Devin, the main character, has secrets, and her family doesn't know how to handle it. They want Devin to be their perfect gymnast, and as they learn more about her, they realize they didn't know her as well as they thought. I give this book a 9 out of 10. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to know what you think about this case. Please subscribe to my blog, reach out to me on social media, rate, review, etc. I'll be back again next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.